This is the AM640 Afternoon Drive Show on Talk Radio. AM640. Back in 2014, a seven-year-old girl was mauled by a neighbor's dog, and the city's response was lacking at best. We're always hearing stories about dogs mauling kids or mauling their owners. There was that terrible story uh, about a dog that got into a neighbor's backyard and attacked and killed a woman recently. So Councillor Mike Layton introduced a motion to ask the municipal licensing and standards to review the municipal code surrounding dangerous dogs. And Intiaz Rafudin, manager of policy and planning for the city of Toronto, joins me now. Intiaz, currently what are the consequences of your dog biting a person or another dog? So right now, the, the way that the bylaw reads in Chapter 349 Animals is the city has the ability to um, issue an order for a muzzle on the particular dog in question. How and long... we also have the ability to uh, issue fines related uh, to any charges. And how much would those fines be? It's, I believe it's approximately $300. Okay, not a lot if your kid gets attacked. That's, that's correct. It, it seems like it's, uh, it's not a significant amount of money. Um, I think with respect to um, the bylaw and any changes that we would propose, we would be more interested in having voluntary compliance with respect to responsible dogs, not necessarily laying charges or issuing fines against the, the dog owner. Now, I understand you guys are, are toying with the idea of putting together a dangerous dogs list. Can you tell me what that would consist of? What would put you and your dog on that dangerous dog list? So currently what we're looking at doing is adding a definition of a dangerous dog and also we're, we're looking at adding a definition of a potentially dangerous dog. And essentially what that means is that if the city after an investigation determines that your uh, dog based on the, um, the criteria in the bylaw is defined as a, as a dangerous dog or a potentially dangerous dog, then the city can take certain actions like re- uh, possibly requiring a special license, um, potentially having the dog confined to the owner's property, um, adding training for the owner and for the dog in question, also looking at things like adding signage to the property to warn the public that there's a dangerous dog on the property. So those are the kinds of tools that we're looking at adding to the bylaw. The city's going to be able to add fines if the offenses continue. So that's correct. So we're also looking at um, having the, the set fine amounts increased um, as well and also looking for the ability to have um, continuing fines on a daily basis to ensure that compliance is reached. And how much would those fines be? Do you have a ballpark of what you guys are thinking? Uh, we, we don't have a ballpark right now. Um, we would have to apply to um, the provincial justice to have the set fines amount um, increased, um, something like a minimum of $500 up to not more than, let's say, $10,000. And what are we talking about cost-wise for something like this? Would you have to hire a staff? No, I don't think we would need to hire additional staff. We already have enforcement staff within our Toronto Animal Services Division and also within our bylaw enforcement. So we would just look at um, enforcing the new provisions of the bylaw. Intiaz, I want to ask you, uh, let me just give you a little scenario. Okay, so I've got my dog. It's slightly aggressive. It's on a leash. It attacks someone's smaller dog. My name would go on a dangerous dogs list. And then uh, moving forward, the municipal licensing and standards would then maybe send me and my dog for behavioral training. And then I would have to put a sign up, uh, dog warning, there's a dangerous dog on my premises. Is that what we're thinking? Um, Sort of something like that. I think what, what the city would do is we would require certain things like behavioral training for the owner and for the dog. Not necessarily the city would provide the service, but an external party would be able to provide the service. Okay, so So I'm going to pick up the cost. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what we're doing is we're trying to make the dog owner responsible for their dog. You know, I have to say there's a lot of people that are listening right now that are probably thinking, you know, there's those people that walk around with their dog on a rope. 
Like the guy whose dog attacked that old man in the park or attacked the old man's dog in the park and just took off. How are we going to catch these people? Do you think this, this bylaw change will be enough? Well, I think with respect to the bylaw changes, what we're hoping for is voluntary compliance. So we're hoping that residents of the city of Toronto understand what the rules are. And, and if the rules are that you must keep your dog on a leash, that they you know, abide by those rules. And in certain situations where incidents happen like a dog bite, the city of Toronto um, and possibly with the Toronto Police Service would look at do, uh, conducting an investigation and hopefully we would be able to uh, determine um, the, the owner of the animal and, and also the animal in question as well. Are you modeling this new bylaw after existing bylaws in other cities? Yes, there are a number of municipalities within Ontario, within Canada, and certainly in the United States that have uh, very similar um, provisions. They have definitions for a dangerous dog or definitions for an aggressive dog. Um, some municipalities in Ontario and Canada have special license requirements, uh, insurance requirements, and also requirements, for example, to muzzle the dog while it's in public or um, putting a sign on the uh, dog owner's property as well, warning the public that there is a, um, a dangerous dog on the property. So we're looking at the best practices from other municipalities in Ontario and Canada, and we're looking at, at what those bylaws, what their bylaws um, say, and we're looking at very similar provisions for Toronto. Why do you think it's taken Toronto, you know, this world-class city, so long to catch up? It's really hard to say. I think um, certainly there have been um, more high-profile um, dog bite incidents that have um, occurred in the last couple of years. Uh, we've also, the City of Toronto also relies on um, provincial legislation in the form of the Dog Owners Liability Act uh, to go after um, aggressive dogs or dangerous dogs or dogs that have bitten. So we've relied on that re um, legislation in the past. We've heard from members of the public that the City of Toronto uh, can do more and should do more with respect to its own bylaws. So now we're we're reviewing whether or not we can make the changes to our bylaws. And uh, so this is why we're doing a second round of consultations tonight. And uh, what happens next? So what happens next is after the round of consultations, we're going to open the um, uh, the opportunity up to the public until the end of um, August for the public to provide um, additional comments if they're not able to make the consultation session tonight at 6.30 uh, p.m. at um, East York Civic Centre. Okay. And um, after that, we would look at reporting to Licensing and Standards Committee. Uh, hopefully, we're targeting the September meeting. And then a re um, that report hopefully would then go to City Council for adoption. Okay. So uh, if you want to tell your story about, you know, aggressive dogs and why you think that this is a good idea, you do that where? You can go on the city's website at toronto.ca slash MLS, and there's information on staff contacts and and our presentation from uh, tonight will be posted online, right. and the members of the public can contact us directly. I really appreciate you joining us today. No, thank you for your time. The AM640 Afternoon Drive Show. Listen live. Weekday afternoons from 4 till 7 on AM640. Or download the app at 640toronto.com.